0: Om Magyan jnan Timidandasya Gyananjana Chalakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Thasmai Sri Gurabe Namaha Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Pristaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swamini Thinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Kauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Phaschagyate Shatharine Banshakalpatrubias chakripasindubya sindubya evachapatitanam pavanibyo. Baisna bibyo namon namaha. Sri Krishna chaitanya. Prabhonitya nanda. Sri adhuita gadadhar shivasadiko bakta brinda. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hari, Hari. Hari Ramo Hari Rama. Rama, Rama, Hari, Hari. I am very grateful, very honored, and very happy to be with all of you this evening. This is a special um, program that has been organized by the Bhakti Center, especially to speak some words, to share some thoughts with the community of the Bhakti Center. The Bhakti Center is a small building in the East Village of New York City. But in a Deeper sense, the bhakti center encompasses all the world. The word bhakti means love. It is Sanskrit. But not just the common expressions of love we find in life in this world. Bhakti specifically refers to the deepest essence of the love of our true being. It's a love that is springing from the very heart of our hearts, from our very soul. It's a love that is universal. It is a love that is the very source of Ananda, or the greatest happiness. A happiness that does not end. A happiness that is beyond birth and beyond death. A joy that is beyond all the changes of this world. A happiness that it is beyond any sectarian limitations. Bhakti is the very dynamic nature of the self. Bhakti center is where, in our own personal life, we put this goal, this virtue of bhakti in the center of our life. And we try to harmonize every aspect of our life with that pursuit of true love. Bhakti center also refers to a place where community, people can come together with this principle of divine love, the pursuit of divine love as the prevailing purpose of our relationships. The Bhagavad Gita and other such scriptures, they teach us that in order to understand the nature of the soul's love, it is important to understand who we really are. This is a universal principle. In the the Bible, Lord Jesus tells, what profiteth a person if they gain the whole world, but they lose their eternal soul? This question, who am I, has been addressed by great philosophers, religionists, and thinkers throughout the ages. We have a body. We have a mind. They are ever-changing. But we are the witness of the ever-changing body and mind. That witness from the time we're little babies through childhood, adolescence, middle age, old age, we are the same person. And that person is observing and experiencing all of the various transformations that's taking place in our body, in our mind, and in the world around us. But who really am I? This is a basic principle of jnana or knowledge, that I am that living force, that spirit. And just as there are great sciences to have a deeper understanding of the universe, of the physical body and the elements of this world, as well as of the mind and the emotions. There is a timeless science of understanding the very nature of consciousness, the very source of life that is within all of us najayate mriyate that living force is beyond birth beyond death that living force is not subjected to the endless changes and dualities of this world the very nature of the self is such ananda that we are in truth eternal, full of knowledge, wisdom, and full of happiness. The word bhakti is specifically focusing on that happiness. Happiness that is built on the foundation of an understanding and a realization that I am not this body and mind, but I am in this body and mind. I am the self. The nature of the self is to love. There is no greater joy, anandam, there's no greater joy in all of creation than discovering the love that is within our hearts. Everyone is looking for that love. Whoever we are in whatever species, we're searching for pleasure and we're trying to avoid pain why do we want to avoid pain because it disturbs it interferes with our natural pursuit for pleasure the deepest pleasure the pleasure that we're all truly seeking is the pleasure of true love why do we all have that in common because it is our essential nature the supreme being or god who has many names. In Sanskrit, a prominent name is Krishna, which means the supreme lover, the supreme object of love, the all attractive. When we experience God's love within our own life, when we understand the soul's connection to the supreme soul, then we become a vessel of Krishna or God's love. There is no greater joy than seva. Seva means to serve with love. Today and throughout history, there are such problems based on the, the fundamental misconception that we have forgotten our spiritual nature. Janasya mohoya mohama When we forget the treasures of, of, that is within us, then we grope and strive and stumble in so many ways trying to find happiness through this body and mind. But the body and mind are subjected to so many sufferings. And no matter what we arrange in our life, no matter what we have, whoever we think we are, suffering's inevitable. When we forget the love of God that's within us, when we forget the compassion that is the expression of that love in our lives, then we become vulnerable to the ego. Arrogance, it is a pathetic state, but unfortunately, So often in society, it is glorified. A person who strives the most to build up and satisfy that arrogant nature, that ego, is considered great, considered successful. What's missing is what is true greatness. Humility is greatness. Humility is not a weakness. It's the ultimate strength. It's humbling oneself to the infinite grace of the Supreme. In that state, or in the pursuit of that state, we recognize that to love means to serve. And the more we understand the nature of our true self at the beginning theoretically and gradually through realization, if we practice sincerely, we recognize the sacredness of life in all beings. Why is it that people have this need to feel themselves better than others? I am better and whatever I identify with is mine and mine is better. My race, my social status, my nationality, my religion. People have this sorrowful need to to prove to themselves that I am superior to others. And in order to prove it to themselves, they have to prove it to others as well. When we appreciate in truth, the greatness of the Supreme, the greatness of God, of of Krishna, then our joy is in giving respect, giving honor, and giving compassion to our capacity to other living beings. To succeed is a natural joy for people. But when we connect with the love of God within our hearts, with our own nature, then we begin to find even greater joy in seeing the success of others. This is what it really means to be a well wisher. The Bhagavad Gita tells Brahma Param. That one who actually achieves the spiritual platform, one who's really enlightened, such a person is Paramdrasvani Vartate. They're experiencing something higher. Therefore, they live life in such a way that truly trying to do the best they can to uplift other peoples, to uplift ourselves and to uplift others. And all the different changes of gaining and losing, success and failure, victory, defeat, honor, dishonor, happiness, distress, pleasure, pain, health, disease, These dualities are always coming and going. But when we have a higher purpose and we experience a higher reality that is inherent within it, with all of us and accessible to all of us, then we pass through lives with integrity. We pass through life in such a way that whatever may come we grow and we help others to grow. In such a state, one sees all living beings with equal vision. One sees a part of God, a child of God, wherever there's life. And one respects, one honors, one loves, that living force within within nature, the plants and the trees, wherever there's life, the birds, the animals, and all varieties of human beings. The people who have made the greatest social changes in this world historically are people who had a spiritual foundation, a spiritual purpose to the, in their relationship with others. I'd like to speak about one of my dear most friends who, um, who I shared so many deep discussions with on this subject. His name, Bhakti Swami. A little background, Bhakti Swami was, he was African-American, he was born and raised, in the inner city of Cleveland, Ohio. He saw in the 1950s and 60s, so much discrimination, racism. He saw poverty, but he really wanted to make a difference in the world. And he was a person who, his, Experiences helped him to become sympathetic and empathetic toward other people's suffering. Paradukaduki, an enlightened person, other people's suffering, they share. And other people's happiness, they feel. He wanted to make a difference. Somehow he got a scholarship and went to Princeton University. And in those days, Princeton University, um, there wasn't much of a social scene for him. He was very much a minority, but he strived, he respected everybody. But he did not respect the bigotry, the racism, or the the hatred that was in people's hearts. And he felt for the people who were suffering due to that. He wanted to make a difference. He became a leader of civil rights movement in that area. And he really put his heart into it. He in his own journey of life discovered his calling that unless there's a spiritual transformation in people's hearts, there cannot be a sustainable change in the way we treat each other in this world. So he went on a great spiritual quest And after some time, he came to the path of bhakti, of devotion. And he met our guru, Srila Prabhupada, and learned from him this science. And what attracted him so much to it was Depth of the universal idea of love in this idea of bhakti. Years later, Bhakti Tirthaswami, he had cancer, and the last two months of his life within this physical world, he invited me to be at his bedside. And every day we had profound talks, revealing our hearts and revealing our minds. Because from medical perspective, every day he was expected to depart from this world, the people call dying. So every day we were together, we were aware it could be the last time. So how can we give the most to each other? How we can be the best possible friends to each other? This went on for two months. And oftentimes, he would reveal his heart and his mind about his deep concern for the people of the world. He he gave his life to helping in every way he could And when he was incapacitated, I could feel through his prayers, through his love, through his example, he was giving so much to the world. And that would never end. He explained to me how when he saw Prabhupada, his guru's compassion. It so deeply moved him. Srila Prabhupada, he explained, he left Vrindavan, considered to be a holiest of holy places, where he had a beautiful life of Enlightenment with so many holy people, deeply immersed in ecstatic devotion. But without anything, he sailed across oceans. If anyone is interested in this, my beloved godbrother, friend, mentor, his holiness Satsurup Goswami Maharaj wrote a beautiful book, Shulaprol padli Lamrita. And my godbrother Yogeshwar Prabhu wrote a book, Swami in a Strange Land. And this is, it describes the incredible sacrifice of this 70 year old man who crossed over oceans and continents and came to New York City. Why did he go to New York City of all places? somebody who has no money, somebody who has no friends. To be in New York City in 1965 is very difficult. I remember when I was a boy, there was a song I would listen to, There Ain't No Pity in New York City, about a person who had no money. A person who was, a, who, who was just not like the majority people. Srila Prabhupada was in different dress. He had a different color skin. He had nothing except he believed that if he could teach people, not a sectarian idea, but how, how to remember what we have forgotten, our spiritual nature, God's love, bhakti. If he could get people in New York City, he knew to, to, to understand this principle, then it could change the whole world. Because... New York City, what happens there? So much affects the world. And just around the corner from the Bhakti Center is where he started his mission at 26 Second Avenue. He had a little bongo drum and he would sing God's names. And he would give some talks. And a few people, some of them curious, some confused, some sincere seekers, they began to come. He was cooking for them. He was cleaning for them. He was teaching them in every way, giving himself completely because he cared so much. He cared for each individual. Like a father or mother to a child, and simultaneously for all living beings in creation. That's the nature of the love that's within all of us bhakti. Bhakti Swami, seeing that compassion, meeting Srila Prabhupada and feeling it meeting those people who were connected to him and feeling it. He wanted to dedicate his his heart, his life, to sharing love, to sharing compassion. And I remember he told me that one day when he was still a student, he met Śrīla Prabhupāda, and he told Śrīla Prabhupāda that you are teaching that we're not these bodies. You are teaching that all living beings are the children of God. Amani na that we should respect and honor the living force in everyone, we should evaluate a person by their character by their values not by the external designations colors or 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 other such superficial differences we have but i see and i feel that there's there's a sense of racism even among your devotees. And Prabhupada spoke to him in a way so that he could understand that as long as this false ego needs to feel oneself superior to others, then that tendency is there we need to feel my ourselves superior. And what happens when we have that need? Then if we have wealth, if we have power, if we have influence, then we use it to subjugate others. others. A person who understands the true value of humanity and spirituality, whatever we have, our intelligence, our strength, our influence, it's entrusted in to us by God. And we are meant to serve others with that, to uplift others with whatever we have. He understood from Srila Prabhupada that Saragrahi. that we need to seek the essence. Because spiritual transformation doesn't happen just by joining a club. It doesn't happen just by affiliating with a particular religion. It comes when we're actually sincerely seeking the essence. Lord Chaitanya, He taught so much knowledge and truth. And he gave one particular verse wherein it encapsulates what are the qualities of an enlightened person and how to actually achieve that enlightenment. That one should strive not to be great in the sense of I'm better than you, but greatness is in how we serve others, to be humble to be tolerant and forgiving. Amanina manarina, to offer all respect to others according to the situation and not to demand or expect respect for oneself. In this way, we could chant God's names We could follow our spiritual principles in such a way that we truly get the benefit. To be sincere, my beloved teacher Srila Prabhupada, he would plead with us with tears in his eyes sometimes, please take this bhakti, take this very seriously be sincere. That sincerity is to take these primary truths and apply them to our life. Lord Chaitanya taught that the greatest aspiration is to be an instrument of God's love. To be the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant. And I have seen, I have seen billionaires and millionaires. I have seen middle-class people and simple farmers. I've seen people of all races, of all religious backgrounds, of all castes, rise above all these superficial designations and actually live with these values of truly serving with love, with whatever we have. Just this morning I was looking out a window and I saw little squirrels playing together. They almost seemed to be dancing. And their little eyes glistening looking for looking for happiness with each other. And it reminded me of the very well-known story when Ram, Lord Ram was seeking his beloved Sita, who was being exploited by this tyrant named Ravana. And they were building a bridge across the ocean with rocks. By his grace, they could float. And Hanuman, his most trusted associate, was so powerful, he was lifting mountains, and put, putting them as steps across the ocean. And as he was holding a huge mountain peak in his arms, in front of him was a squirrel. The squirrel was just somehow or other pushing some pebbles of sand to contribute to building the bridge. Hanuman told, Ram told Hanuman that that squirrel is doing as much as you are doing. That squirrel is striving according to her capacity, and you're striving according to your capacity. I see the sincerity of one's intent. I see the devotion and the compassion within one's heart. In this way, whatever situation, whatever role we may be in in society, we have just enough to achieve spiritual perfection and do something truly wonderful for the world qualitatively. If we're sincere, if we practice with sincerity to give honor to other living beings, to take very seriously our own spiritual practice to excavate that love that's within us. And to whatever capacity we make that connection, we share it through service. Bhakti Tirtaswami, while on his deathbed, would share with me how he was so much concerned for the well-being of others. And we had very, very deep discussions about how people were suffering because of People who have power who have the bodily conception of life and have that need to subjugate others for their right, for their race, for their sexual preference, for their sex, for their religion, for their species, He lived and he gave up this world with one single ambition. The ambition that his guru, Srila Prabhupada, explained to be the very principle behind all knowledge. Sarve Sukarno Bhavantu. Let all beings be happy. Chanting God's names awakens that happiness within ourselves and awakens that happiness within other hearts. But unless we live with this essential goal, of serving with devotion, being an instrument of compassion, according to our little or great capacity. And whatever challenges are there in our life, seeking the opportunity to grow, to come closer to God, and to make some effect on others and in the world. One day, Bhakti Tirta Swami was having a meeting with about 30 or 40 people who crowded in his room. He was emaciated. He only had one leg. He could die at any moment. But he was speaking. He was speaking with so much gratitude. He was speaking with such wisdom that everyone in the room was crying. I could see, I could see that they were transformed. And after that meeting, people were literally going out of his room and falling onto the floor in in spiritual emotion that they had never experienced before in their life. And I went back in the room and it was just the two of us alone. And I asked, how did you do that? I have seen, I have seen over the years how you have affected so many people's lives with your compassion, but I've never seen you have that effect on people. And he smiled so graciously and said, I was praying that I could be an instrument of my guru and God's love for this people of this world. I'm so grateful I have this cancer. In this situation, people are taking me more seriously than they have ever taken me before. He was grateful in that situation because he was seeking the essence of the opportunity to share something beautiful, to share Krishna, to share God's love with others. Bhakti center is to put this love, which is at the heart, at the essence of all true spiritual paths, the awakening of that love as the goal of our life and to harmonize everything in our life with that goal. The Bhakti Center is a small community in New York that is striving to rise above personal egos and differences to unite on this principle and to help the world to unite in this principle. And in a broader level, bhakti center is people of all spiritual paths and all true true spiritual seekers of religion, whatever we may call, who are really trying to harmonize with the heart of spirituality. to love God, to awaken the true self, and to share that love. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much, Maraj, for um, for sharing and for enlightening all of us and being with us. Um, do you have time for a few questions that came in?
0: I am here for you. <laughs> I'll try my best.
1: Uh, the first question that came in actually is a good question. Um, she's asking, in relationships, how do we balance between experiencing honesty? creating self-respect and boundaries, while also being a spiritual being and not judging, blaming, or trying to control others.
0: There's four principles that help us in every aspect of our life sadhana, satsang, sadachar, and seva. Satsang is when we associate with like-minded, spiritually oriented people, people seeking enlightenment or people who are enlightened. That association with devotional people is very important because it reconfirms and refreshes our own faith in the higher purpose we're pursuing. Sadhana means to put some time aside each day to actually excavate our own spirituality through practice. Sadhachar means to live with character integrity to live with kindness. And seva means to relish the opportunity to uplift and to serve. When we have this value, when we begin to make this connection, then we try to see the the larger picture of what's going on around us in our relationships, not just the specific situation. We try to rise to, we try to rise ourselves to a higher purpose. And we try to inspire others to do the same. Relationships are a challenge and if they're not a challenge now eventually they will be all relationships but those challenges actually can help us grow if we as friends or as family if we meet those challenges with this higher perspective The differences we have can help us to grow, to help us to actually have a deeper love for one another, a deeper love for God together. If we, um, if we process them with this roadmap of spiritual direction So we have to be sincere, be respectful, and try our very best to actually, um, if, if we learn swimming really good, we can help other people who are drowning. Similarly, if we have, if we gain spiritual strength ourselves, then we can help others to gain spiritual strength. That's Seva, that service. Does that answer the question? Who, answer, who asked the
1: question? Um, I don't know if they want to reveal themselves or not, but uh, it was a very, it was.
0: I'm sorry, but I forgot what the question was. I started talking so much.
1: Beautifully, Mars. Thank you. Thank you so much. I thought it was a beautiful answer, personally. Um, another question that somebody had, which I think is is related and follow up, is how does one um, how does one reconcile living the bhakti path while struggling to adhere to those principles and lifestyle values? Um, if one struggles or fails in that living up to those ideals, does that person consider themselves offensive or hypocritical? Um, So how do we, how do we reconcile wanting to live those ideals, but struggling in our own life to live up to those principles and values?
0: It's important we strive to be honest and sincere and humble. Um, we don't need to, to think that I am great. I remember when I was with my beloved teacher, Srila Prabhupada in 1971 in Vrindavan. And someone asked him, Are you the guru of the whole world? And Srila Prabhupada looked down, and he looked so so filled with emotion and then he looked up after some time and said i am the servant of everyone that's all as long as we have this aspiration to feel ourselves great as long as we think if I have a particular role or a particular position, that will make me happy, Um, then we're missing the real treasure of, 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 of devotion. To serve with sincerity is the highest aspiration in whatever role we may be. So it's natural in this world for people to become depressed, discouraged, but we need to remind each other about who we really are. We need a community, we need community to uplift each other. Um, We may have weaknesses. We strive to overcome those weaknesses, but we don't have to pretend that we don't have them. We strive according to, with sincerity we strive to overcome our weaknesses and we seek help from people that we can trust to overcome those weaknesses but if we're sincere and we're and we're actually striving in this way then we we can forgive ourselves we can forgive ourselves we can we can forgive others. And in this way, where there's an honest intent to do good and to spiritually grow on the path, then individually and together, you know we can we can we can move forward and we can help the whole world move forward. To take shelter of the of, of, of to take shelter of God's grace is is what's required. To take shelter and to help others to find that shelter, but to sincerely turn to God, we need to be honest. We need to be humble. We need to forgive ourselves for our trespasses of the past while sincerely and honestly striving to improve ourselves in the present and the future.
1: Thank you so much, Maharaj. And another question that came in was, how does one heal when someone deliberately hurts you?
0: It happens to everyone, but when it happens, it's hard to think of everyone else tate nukam pamsa that when we're hurt it's a great opportunity to turn to God and find shelter in God's grace and to turn to those people who help us to find God's grace
1: Thank you, yes. um, we, we can we have time. We can ask one more question. Um, this question is: um, How do we manage to serve others and also not sabotage our own needs in the process?
0: That's a very important question. Very thoughtful question um it's very vital to have a balance in our life because we have various aspects of our life that we're responsible for we may have a family we we're responsible for we may be a mother or a father or a daughter or a son, helping parents, if brothers, sisters, we may be in an occupation as an employer, as an employee, whatever it may be, in our way of livelihood. We have our spiritual responsibilities, our relationship with God and integrating every other aspect of life so that we can actually progress toward loving Krishna, toward loving God. We also have our own health. So we need to give time and quality time as far as possible with our good intelligence to all of these various responsibilities we have to our family, to our occupation, to our society, to our health and to our connection to God, to our spirituality. So it is, it is very important. Um, the more we have, the more we can give that through associating with enlightened people and through our own spiritual practice. Um, if, if, you're, if you don't eat properly, if you're not nourished, you won't have the strength to really function in this world. And similarly, if we're not spiritually nourished, we cannot infuse what we do with, with the spiritual purpose. So it's very important that simultaneously We're helping ourselves so that we can truly help others.